Hey, this is Jeff Bond. And I'm Chris LeFay. And welcome to the Chat with Leaders podcast, where we amplify today's best examples of leaders who use their influence as a force for good. I had the great pleasure of chatting with Tino Mantella, which is our episode today. And we talked a lot about the impact that his parents had on him, coaches, and how that fundamentally changed a lot of the ways in which he looked at leadership and the generational impact that he now intends to have uh, on others as the CEO of TurkNet Leadership Group in Atlanta, Georgia. Chris, can you give me an example, I guess, in your life of where you've had the opportunity to have an impact on our next generation of leaders and what that's meant to you? Yeah, so I actually do some partnership work with a middle school here close by my house that I actually grew up going to. And we do a lot of mentorship stuff. We help them with a lot of entrepreneurship things. They do these things like called Shark Tank there. It's just really interesting to see these kids kind of come out of their shell over the course of a semester and really dive into something that's completely outside of their comfort zone. And I can pinpoint, like kind of looking back on it, I can pinpoint very specific people throughout, you know, childhood up to early adulthood. And I mean, don't get me wrong, even now, who are key adults and key people in my life who have 100% altered my entire trajectory for my life and my career. And without those people, I would not be the person I am today. That is awesome. Well, it's such a blessing to have those kind of people in our lives, like our parents or our teachers and how then we can give back in society by using the influence that they've had and how we've grown as leaders to pour back into the world. And this conversation with Tino was constantly like me saying, yes, yes, I agree with that. And yeah, and he had so many good points about how we can take on that responsibility in our lives and what he does so well. So let's go ahead and kick it back over to you and let's hear uh, what Tino has to say today. Welcome to Chat with Leaders, Tino. Thank you, Jeff. It's great to be with you. Man, I am so excited to be chatting with you. You've had such a profound impact on so many lives from a leadership perspective. And I can't tell you how many times someone has told me that Tino Mantella has just absolutely made an impact in their lives, whether that's someone that you've led on their team or that's been on a board within TAG or in the Atlanta metro area. So whether you know it or not, you are having a profound impact in leadership and inspiring people. So thank you for that. Well, thanks for saying that. It makes me feel good. Obviously, that's, uh, or maybe not everybody knows, but you know, certainly I think many of us have a passion to make an impact on life in different ways. And we do it in a lot of different ways, but it's good to hear a lot of times you don't know. You don't know you're making an impact until years later. Well, you know, I remember as a young professional just standing at one of the tag events and you were speaking to a large crowd and I could just sense the energy in the room and and the way that people felt a gravitational pull towards your leadership and everything that was happening in that society. Because, I mean, you helped blow it up from, I think, 350 members to 36,000. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and it was such a, a powerful time. And I just remember standing next to you and listening to you. And you probably don't, you don't even remember this, but just thinking, wow, there's something special going on here. And, and in large part, because you were really empowering people to lead. And uh, and I was really admiring everything that you were doing at that point. Well, thank you. And a lot of people don't know the model uh, that we had at TAG, but I like to say we had a small staff team. We got up to about 40 people. But then when you add all the society leaders, we had 500 people. So we were this big puffed up organization. And, you know, the secret sauce was really the societies that could create 150 to 250 events a year, all volunteering, you know, so it was all we had to do is just kind of give them the, the reins and, and say, hey, 
you know, make some things happen. And as you know, a lot of the society leaders and uh, members of those uh, groups were very passionate about their particular area, whether it be fintech or security, marketing, whatever it was, you could just see them run. So that, that was fun. Well, I just got off a society meeting with uh, Senior Reed and the International Business Society. So oh, things yeah. are still going well as a former Great uh, guest on our show. Yeah. Yep. Well, so my first question I had for you, our, our main theme today, Tino, is going to be going deep into purpose and impact. And you had talked about this on one of your segments of For What It's Worth, which you do so brilliantly. If Thank if anyone you. has a chance, follow you on LinkedIn and, and check out these videos. They're really great. But I wanted to ask you, when did you first realize your passion for leadership, coaching, and mentorship? Well, it didn't hit me all at once. Uh, I never woke up one morning and said, I want to want to be a leader, but I've always enjoyed the opportunity, whatever area that it w- would be in, to take a leadership role. I think certainly through my sports all the way, early years, I think I was in small fry football at nine. I was supposed to be 10, but I, my dad snuck me in early, so... And you start to listen to the coaches and you see how people can gel together, whether you're 10 years old or 60 years old to really take that next step in terms of leadership. So I've always liked the idea of leading combined with making a personal impact. And, you know, one of the challenges is, as you oftentimes become at a higher level in an organization, you're not in that direct space where you're working with one person on their development. I, When I was in college, I had a part-time job at a home for neglected kids. And that was really special because you could see directly, I guess, teachers have this experience as well, if you could really touch a person. And I got some letters 10, 15 years later from kids saying, you probably didn't realize it, but you had an impact on my life. So that was great. Kind of the, the college experience was, and working for the home for neglected kids along with sports were some ways that I started getting more involved and interested in the leadership spots. That's really cool. Yeah. And I know that you have a real heart for serving next generation leaders and having a strong social impact through nonprofit leadership. And you've worked in both non and for profit. But who was like some of your greatest influencers during that time that helped you have that heart for social impact, social entrepreneurship and what you can do with the power of leadership? Well, a couple things I'd say. I think early on, go back to, actually, I was uh, had the wrestling scholarship at Temple University, and I had a great coach that really became a mentor. I watched his style and how he really identified with the kids, but also held himself to a leadership position and how he motivated himself to make sure he was the best that he could be. I was fortunate to have great parents, you know, mom and dad, that uh, I tried to emulate in terms of their leadership. I would say my dad was, uh, and my mom as well, they never really said, do this or do that, but you just watched and learned through uh, experiences with them. And then my Chicago YMCA experience was probably one of the most interesting because when people think of the Y, they think of fitness centers and childcare and sleepaway camps, but we were actually a leading social service organization. So we're involved with infant mortality prevention. We had a thousand kids in foster homes and we had a gang intervention program. So, you know, it's interesting when you get into that level and you're trying to make an impact, getting gang members out of gangs, 
that's the real down and dirty in terms of influencing and hopefully uh, making a difference in someone's life. And it's not easy as uh, probably a lot of your listeners know of uh, in the gang world, particularly in Chicago, which was, uh, you know, gangland central to be able to pull a gang member out of a gang. It's kind of like uh, kamikaze pilots that, uh, you know, had uh, fuel for one way. It's like, it's, there's, it's not easy to get them out, but it is possible, but it's, it's a ritual and it's a process to uh, be able to pull them out of gangs. That gives you a whole nother perspective and, and really empathy across the board. It's something that you probably didn't live growing up, but to be able to experience that and, and see some of these realities and confront them head on, I'm sure that really changed a lot of things about you. Well, you know, it's an interesting point, and I know we don't have a lot of time, but just to kind of dig into that a little bit more is that I was really fortunate in terms of my journey. I wasn't thinking of the journey at the time that I was taking the journey, but growing up in a small farm, very homogeneous white community in upstate New York, and then going to military prep school for a year. And then going to inner city Philadelphia to Temple University and then taking jobs in areas like Chicago and where we had most of our wives were, you know, inner city underprivileged communities. I mean, that shapes you. It's going to shape you whether you want to be shaped or not. I mean, you're experiencing it and you're seeing the differences between. So it's really, I feel so fortunate to have taken those, made those decisions and it's just constant learning, which I enjoy. Well, I've learned a lot through the pandemic and particularly all the tension that's existed amongst uh, racial tension, social justice, all that. And I think it's so important to lean into uncomfortable conversations in order to yeah. effectuate change. But having those lived experiences as a leader and, and seeing them hands on and feeling them and being directly tied into people that you care about, that's what changes a man or a woman. I think when you're in those moments versus just thinking about it as this kind of larger societal problem without having lived it yourself. Yeah. And a lot of people probably would, you know, they may not think they want that experience or have had the opportunity to have those experiences. But when you do, it does change you and it shapes you and it gives you different opinions about life and about people in poverty and, you know, whatever the issue might be, uh, racial justice. And, uh, you know, certainly at TurkNet Leadership Group, we're all about helping people to move to that next level, unleashing their potential. And sometimes that means, often means thinking of things differently than, you know, when they come in the door versus when they leave the door, what change we've made and kinds of their concepts and thinking. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned courageous conversations, which is, is really important piece now, whatever you call that. We do a lot of that in our diversity and inclusion program of bringing people together and really having those conversations as you said that, because I think diversity, inclusion, and leadership is something that it's not just this theoretical, like, we're just going to focus on it now. Uh, it, it needs to happen and it will happen. And people are demanding that of companies now if they're to do business with them and support them. And you really have to be more intentional today. And unfortunately, a lot of the social injustice during the pandemic and the long time societal, you know, perpetual issues have existed, but for them to be drawn out like that is a blessing in a lot of ways because now it's forcing leaders to be more intentional about that. And it's great to have leadership groups like yours and your influence on them that's helping them kind of navigate that and seek that intentionality. Yeah, it's, there's certainly been times in our history 
in the history of America where there's been opportunities to make change, certainly with the George Floyd and the the rising level of awareness that's happening now, we can take that bull by the horns and and make some real differences in companies and in, in how we live our lives. And a lot of companies are at least making some steps to do things differently, whether it's just having those conversations we talked about or looking at their employment practices or how people are treated in the company. I've been in two meetings recently in the last couple of weeks where they've talked about diversity in different ways. One was gender diversity, particularly related to LGBTQ. And people are saying, let people be themselves. And then I had a particular meeting yesterday with an experienced person in the people of color kind of category, race diversity. And we were talking about courageous conversations. He said, I don't really know if I like that word or not, because it's the kind of things that people should be doing all the time anyways. It's mm-hmm. easier said than done. But I think it, there's definitely an opportunity for change, whether we take it or not is, is another question. I think it'll stick to some degree, but you know, just going to be a constant battle to keep it going. Yeah, I love the idea of thinking differently and and particularly after the pandemic that's thrusted people into that necessity yes. of the new normals. And I heard the uh, conversation the other day on a Simon Sinek podcast where they were talking about the pernicious aspects of saying, I want to hire for culture fit, because often that means people that look and think like you and feel yeah. like you. And, you know, but instead of thinking that way, maybe think about cultural contribution, what kind of diversity of thought, of background do you bring to our organization to help us look at things differently? And having that represented in your leadership, having that represented throughout your organization, I think is going to be really important in order to, to be intentional about right. diversity and inclusion. And it's the right thing to do, but it also, there's a lot of stuff as you know, that show that it's also benefits the company in terms of, you know, how they perform, have a more diverse workforce, a more inclusive workforce, a more culturally diverse community of people that are working together. So I agree. This episode is brought to you by Inspire EDU, a nonprofit organization putting technology devices into the hands of Atlanta's underserved communities. The need for technology devices has accelerated due to the pandemic, and Inspire EDU makes a positive difference helping marginalized learners. Through its partners and supporters like you, Inspire EDU helps learners become 21st century scholars. Learn how you can support their mission at iuatl.org. Based on all the experiences that you've had in the nonprofit world, I'd love to ask you how that's informed your leadership in the for-profit world as it pertains to using capitalism or just your for-profit as a force for good in the community. One of the things that's interesting is I've always liked to take jobs that were different and challenging. So, you know, my career was YMCA, Arthritis Foundation, Technology Association of Georgia, and now, you know, leadership development. But the good part of the challenge is I think that people that, you know, kind of with the right attitude don't have to go deep into a particular area to be an effective leader in that area. And I've certainly had bragging or complaining or doing an ego thing here, but certainly had my challenges at certain times as anybody making decisions probably has in in terms of a leadership role. But my son made a joke when I first took the job at TAG. He goes, Dad, you can't even turn on the computer. How are you able to run the Technology Association of Georgia? He was just amazed. 
I argued with him. I said, I can turn on the computer. You're wrong about that. So that was the beginning. But I surrounded myself with people that really knew what they were doing and just knew enough about kind of helping to motivate the leadership. The TurkNet Leadership Group is an interesting organization because even though we are a for-profit company, the work that we do is impacting people's lives. So it's about culture. It's about strategy. It's about helping as I said earlier, unleash people's potential, how we can be an organization that, you know, somebody is uh, taking on a new job. Are they prepared for it? How are they going to do a better job of understanding empathy, as you said, or emotional mastery or accountability? You know, we, we have a leadership character model that talks about balancing respect and responsibility with the base being integrity. So it really is nonprofit like, even though we're, you know, looking to, you know, certainly generate revenue. But nonprofits, of course, have a financial piece to it as well. So it was an easy, relatively easy transition to come into this role. I don't do the coaching because we have a lot of PhD psychologists and behavioral scientists and people with certifications around coaching, um, around strategy, around diversity. But what I work to do with my team, and it's always about the team, is bring the organization along, look at things differently, trying to innovate, saying just because we did it this way for the last many years how should we do it in the future? How can we have an impact beyond what we're doing today? How do we help more people? How do we go more global with the organization? In fact, we just started a nonprofit to have some experience in called the Leadership Character Youth Coalition. And the goal is to spread leadership character around the world. It's newly formed. It is a 501c3. And it's part of the legacy of Bob and Lynn Turknet to see if we can take what they've built and use it with partners typically, but use it for the greater good, helping youth particularly. Um, not saying that kids don't get character at home, but we want to call ourselves like character catalysts. So we're helping to uh, where there's spots where we can be of assistance in that. So it's been fun to look at the organization and see what it was. It was a great organization. Any organization I think that's stuck to the test of time for 30 plus years is uh, they're doing some things right. Well, I love but, the character catalyst aspect of that because I really feel that it's important. This is a big reason why we started this show a year and a half ago because servant leaders are there to empower our next generation to go out right. there and lead. And we have a limited time on this earth. And so having an impact on the leaders of tomorrow is truly serving others as we're called to do as servant leaders. And so it's it's amazing work that you're doing, amazing social impact work. And, and I'm so glad that you're using your influence as a force for good. It, it, it's much needed and you don't need to be able to turn on a computer. I think our kids are, are sometimes <laughs> there to just poke right. fun at us sometimes, but right, if we can right. unify people, bring them together and, and guide them towards a brighter, better future and leave this world in a better place than where we found it, then I think we've left our legacy. Yeah, that's well said. And we like to say, and I know you agree with this, Jeff, is everybody can be a leader. You don't have to be the CEO of a company to be a leader. We work with people in all aspects of the company. What's your area of influence? My early days in the Y, we created a program called Young Leaders, and it was specifically designed for fourth graders. And we picked two kids out of each classroom. We took them to camp for a week and went through some training and development. But the theme was, we don't want necessarily kids that you would say were good leaders. We want kids that other kids follow. 
And then we want to work with them because that's the way of the world. You're, you're going to have leadership that whether it's the biggest corporations in the world or, you know, a, a small company or an individual company that there's a range of skills in terms of leadership and where you're taking people and what your motivations are. So the more people we can help to be strong leaders as kids, because that's when they're most malleable, I guess I'd say, is then, you know, when they get to be adults, hopefully they can take some of those those traits and make a difference. Such an important point and, and so well said that everyone has an opportunity to lead, even when they're not technically in charge or they have a fancy leadership title. We all have influence at home with our spouse, our kids, yeah. our communities, with our peers on a team, you know, so when leaders get better and, and people focus on increasing their capacity to use their influence for good and to bring people together, it really has a strong ripple effect. So I'm really glad that you made that point. The last question I had for you, Tino, uh, and then we'll wrap up here is what is the importance of people finding a cause that they're most passionate about and going deep in terms of how they serve using their time, talent, and resources. I know for you, it's been technology and STEM education. You become deeply involved in that area, but how do you find that purpose and cause and stick to it and really have an impact? First thing I say, it doesn't have to be one thing. And you know that, I mean, it could be several things. It could change over time. It could be when I was running Technology Association of Georgia and STEM, I'm always interested in science, technology, engineering, and math. And we see the shortage, particularly now that the pandemic is hopefully ending is I've talked to so many CIOs in the last couple of weeks that have said they can't find staff. And so it starts really when I was pushing and we were successful on the policy side to some degree is look at the schools. It's all about change. So, you know, we've been saying reading, writing and arithmetic for as long as I think schools have been around. Why um, I'll get we'll get in trouble for this a little bit. But I did ask the question when I was at TAG. Why are we still saying that taking Latin or taking French or taking Spanish is more important than taking computer programming or computer Mm -hmm. science? What are the opportunities for kids that are taking those languages? And I don't want to put them polar opposite or, or against each other. I did get one letter from a French teacher that called me on the carpet for it. But uh, for the most part, I mean, people agree with it, but the schools are slow to change. Georgia's starting to change that. But when I was at the Arthritis Foundation, I had a different focus and a different level of passion. But it's sad that, and we can say this until we're blue in the face, it's sad that people go through life and they really are just doing a job. And outside of that, they don't have if it's not their job, which you'd hope it would be, or they should do something else, then you know they should find something else, or they can find it in their volunteer work. My oldest daughter is an actress, and she wanted to be an actress since she was six years old. And you could tell her, you know, fifty other things to do, but she had a passion to bring her art to life and her expression, and you know, have people that would appreciate and hopefully be experienced by what she was doing. So our kids, most of them aren't like that. And a lot of adults aren't like that where they can't quite figure it out. So you're right. I mean, grab something, try some different things and pick something you like. There's so many organizations out there. I think in Georgia alone, there's thousands of nonprofit organizations. A lot of them are under $50 million budgets and they all are, dying to have good people that'll come in and 
help with uh, foster care or help kids find computers or, you know, whatever the particular topic is to, you know, make a difference. So it's easier said than done, but uh, hopefully, you know, if somebody's listening and just say, if they want to call me and say, hey, I want to volunteer for something. I mean, we'd always find something, uh, suggestions for them. I mean, it's just, it's finding that something that make your life more meaningful and you and I, I know Jeff agree that that's pretty important. Well, life is so much more meaningful when you're not the center of the universe and you're out there serving others. And then the, the reality of it is as you're doing that, good things continue to happen. And it's not why you do it, but you meet interesting people that have a collective interest and having an impact in the community. And they're the people that you end up being friends with and doing business with and become your peers in, in your professional life. And so it's, it has so many good implications here. We're all about supporting Inspire EDU, which is our, our sponsor for the show today. And, and they help refurbish love, computers. Love guys. Oh, yeah. Richard and the team over there, I love them to death. Yeah. I mean, they're having such a great impact on bridging the digital divide and having an impact in our community. Tino, I could talk to you all day. I feel like I have so <laughs> much to fun. learn from you from a leadership perspective oh, as a father of three kids. And so I admire you so much. If people wanted to learn more about TurkNet Leadership Group or follow your leadership, where would you direct them online? Yeah, they can go to TurkNet.com, our website, and uh, or also TMantella at TurkNet.com. I love to talk to people and see if I can help. But one other point I'd make, because I think I'd be remiss if I didn't say that, is you know, you can also have a passion raising a family and doing a good job at raising a family. It doesn't have to be an external change the world thing. I mean, whatever a family means to you to have that impact and be dedicated to it. And there's so many people out there doing that. And, you know, maybe that's all they can focus on. I, I work with a, a guy that's head of another company that has five kids and they all play baseball and he's coaching three of the kids teams. So, and he still has a big job, but he's, he's found time to do that. So I think his passion is raising a great family. So that's a good thing too. You just had an episode a couple ago with Jonathan McCoy talking about stewarding our children as one of the most and only unique leadership roles that we have because nobody else can do it. And it's really important to be present in their lives. And that's been incredibly important to me as a father. And I'm so glad that you said that because I think sometimes parents feel this pull towards serving right. outside of their family or serving their organizations at the expense of their presence to their children, yeah. to their spouse. And that, you know, is really important because they really are on loan to us. God created these kids and we're here to steward them through their childhood and then launch them into the world fully alive with their gifts of time and talent and everything that you've been able to kind of shepherd throughout their childhood. So, so thank you for making that point. Tino, such a gift. Thanks again for coming on Chat with Leaders. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And thanks for doing what you're doing. It's a great thing. And hopefully you get a lot of listeners and maybe something we said today, or I'm sure something you've said in other sessions, it would make an impact. So that's great. Well, very Lisa had a strong impact on me, Tino. So thank you very much. <laughs> hey, this is Jeff Bond. And thank you so much for investing your time with us today. We'd be thrilled for you to subscribe, rate, review, and share this episode on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please also visit our LinkedIn page to join our leadership community by clicking follow. We're grateful for your engagement and for sharing the inspiration coming from our guests so we can add value to aspiring leaders in your network. Have a remarkable week and go be a leader worth following.